Sometimes I wonder what it would be like if wearing your heart on your sleeve was a fashion statement. If it was in to be visible, to be visible, to be honest, and to bear that truest, most authentic soul instead of keeping it all bottled up and small. To be real and to fall and to fail and to feel. If we branded and packaged it just so, could it sell? Could it save us all? Alex G. Brown. Mm. Wow. Loved that. Loved how you read it as well. And of course, the reader was the sonorous voice of... I'm Kirsty Mack. This is Jim McNeish here, and we are right towards the end of our season three broadcast. I think this is our second or third last. Um, and uh, we're loving it. We're loving this time and chatting and sharing. And um, particularly today, I think we've got a, a, a stretching topic. Kirsty Mack, tell us what we're talking about now. A word that I find hard to say, which in itself is such a metaphor. <laughs> um, and we're going we're gonna to speak about vulnerability see I had to really consciously think about that and um, so yeah <laughs> vulnerability is what we're going to speak wow. about and you know between us and between listeners we've all been on management programs where it's seen as a trait have it in your toolkit you know show more be vulnerable um, uh, build vulnerability based trust uh, and we you know we're, it's at the bottom of every sort of um, triangle that we wheel out as a consultant we've thrown it in a couple of four box models and possibly a concentric circle. Um, I'm sure that's in there. I remember being on a course and a facilitator say, said, right, okay, everyone, this is the point where we're vulnerable. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, really? Like, right. It's just, it was, like, do you mean just be human? You mean just be, be oh, okay. This is, or this be is honest great. about how defensive I'm about to be with you right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, let me show you what vulnerability really is. Um, yeah. But I think, you know, <laughs> you know, yes, it fits into a model, sure. Um, but if it wasn't as constrained as that, if it wasn't in a model, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a risk to it sure. and there's a need for it. Um, and, and perhaps this year, <laughs> you know, if we can find some kind of word for the year vulnerability mm -hmm. could be there you know perhaps this year was asking us as leaders to say I don't know would you help me with this mm -hmm. or I'm sorry we thought this was the right way to go um, and perhaps that's what this year was and the fact that we're peering into each other's lives you know through a zoom call or a team's lens and you know there's there's not been any other opportunity to be realer <laughs> Than, um, than we have been, roar, 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 than we've shown. Um, so yeah, I think vulnerability. Yeah, I, get that. I get that. It's not a conversational device, vulnerability. It's, it's actually, it's about just real. And the idea of peering in, so I'm looking into your lovely new apartment. Oh, hi. And, and I hear your voice echoing. Hmm. And I'm thinking, it's not quite as cosy yet as her last one. She's got the fire on. It's more beautiful. It looks incredible. 
but actually I hear your voice echoing a little bit and I think she's not got it quite there yet because she's got all that kind of insecurity you have when you move into a new place for the first kind of and, and there's more vulnerability on show than anything you could say in terms of here's here's the thing you know and if you could feel the temperature in this room right now I'm feeling quite vulnerable to the cold so I have the fire on there's candles lit and the room is like a wee oven because you know when you feel that little bit kind of thin-skinned you want heat and so you get little bits of senses of that you'll probably see as my face gets redder as this goes on that that was the case anyway. I feel a waft a piece of paper in front of you <laughs> to see if it helps across the screen exactly. I, think, I mean there has just been so much openness and exposure and and I was thinking before we we um sort of got together so I, I did a search engine look at oh, yeah. vulnerability look to the definition because I you know I really always love that looking at the words and, and seeing and you know it was quite troubling in and of itself because it was just the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally oh. you know there was words open to attack damage assailable vulnerable to criticism and then they give you the synonyms as well weakness destructibility breakability <laughs> frangibility exposure defenselessness fragility unprotectedness assailability I had lost the will to live halfway through the <laughs> definitions, you know, and then you see the origin from the Latin word for, for wound. Mm. And, and so it's that state of being open to injury, you know, signs wow. up, right? <laughs> Bring it on. But I guess there's also something about, so, so I guess the question would be why then is, is it seen as such a useful helpful emotionally intelligent way to be why do we laud it and hold it up so much when all of the synonyms and all of the things you've used there are instinctively things you would want to avoid yeah and you know what we i was just thinking we tend to see it as courageous and brave in other people and shameful in ourselves mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, we, we're envious of people who have taken the leap. Yeah. Is yeah. it because they're then free? Mm-hmm. They, 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 yeah, they, yeah, and, and, yeah, then the word freedom, as I wave my hands about, it, it feels like it frees up others. It frees up others yeah. to be more of themselves or to be innovative or whatever it might be. But it is that bit where we don't want to say it to ourselves. We don't want to use it because it does mean opening ourselves to all of those horrendous words that you can have mentioned at the beginning at the possibility of it. Yeah. And that's, I think, but I guess the reason we envy it in others and the reason we see it as a freedom in others is that those defences that we have up and running carry a load of other weight and entanglement with them. You know, they, they have requirements of us. They have us, um, we need to hold a barricade smile in place. We need to have a ready story up our sleeve to give an account of something that didn't go quite so well for us to show that we're still surviving. Yeah. You know, they, they require a lot of preparation and a lot of uh, lead up. And you're just not living 
in that free space. You know, you're living in that space of conforming as much reality to the story that you want to tell it rather than just being freed up to, to live your life. Is that bias as well, isn't it? Is that sort of authority bias of perhaps links into it's, it's well, my title is or my tenure is. So therefore, this is what I'll box off within that. And if we go outside of that, there's freedom. But this is this is my boundaries. This yeah. is who I should be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we want and to add those things to the stories. Yeah. Lots of emotions. You know, fear. I mean, mm -hmm. I, when I Googled it, I was like, oh, <laughs> I had them all you know it was there's anxiety there's fear there's uncertainty you know I, I said I, I genuinely struggle fitting the word in my mouth you know just that it just doesn't fit there like when I couldn't say divorce before which you know all is all linked up you know there's yeah. no psychologist required to, to, <laughs> no. To, no, no. On uh, that one's there. probably a, yeah that's probably a cigar that one yeah, yeah. that's out there um, mm -hmm. but you know there, there's shame you know there's well there's there's some people that are shameful and some people are shameless um, mm -hmm. but you know for, I'll, I'll hoover up any shame in the room so you know I'll just like so why I'll have it I'll take it um, <laughs> but that there's so much emotion attached to to the word there is um, and that's probably why when you flip it you release so much emotion in other people. Mm. You know, when you are, when you do show the vulnerability, their compassion rises, unless they're psychopathic, which we've all met a few of those as well. Yes. But um, you release that kind of care, that nurturing when you do it yourself. Um, when you're able to, as a leader, say that I don't have all the answers, um, I am struggling with this. Um, you tend to call up leadership and those round about you a little bit more if it's genuine yes if it's genuine yeah because there are some people um, and you know there are some people that vulnerability is their currency right they just dance they're naked they just <laughs> dance through life nimbly giving themselves and their heart and their soul and their wounds. without the weight without the weight of all those defenses they just they are they're like fairies yeah. just dart around and and then you know as you say there's the people that say here is the dance it's interesting there's other dances but let me <clears throat> let me just bring out my uh, vulnerability chat that I would like to bring out here <sighs> kind of dust it off polish it off and um we've been there in town halls and meetings and the conference calls and it's like yeah I know this I've <laughs> I know that to be vulnerable is to be a good leader. So I will demonstrate my vulnerability to you now. Yeah, yeah. Rehearsed vulnerability. Uh, I see it a lot with senior execs of a particular variety who want to engineer vulnerability in their teams because they see the benefit of it because you can manoeuvre people a lot more. If somebody's free-flowing dancing, you can push them around a lot more. And so they want that vulnerability, that that openness and they've got a story up their sleeve and I have to tell them that won't fly. We see it. Yeah, you roll it out at every team meeting. Uh, you've hinted at it at your town halls. You've circumnavigated it with people. That isn't your vulnerability. That's a well-rehearsed story that you know how to bring out. And mm -hmm. um, 
vulnerability, I think, is just being very real and present in the moment. It's it's the the now, it's the, the here and now. Are you prepared to jump here and now? Yeah. And there there is a line. It's like, you know, I love Glennon Doyle's quote, which is being human isn't hard because you're doing it wrong. It's hard because you're doing it right. Yeah. And and actually it yeah. is it is okay to feel these things, but it does feel like a huge leap of faith. If we're sitting in a leadership position, it does feel, you know, I remember when people say, jump and the net will appear. And you're just like, but when? Because how, how long do we have to free fall for? Because, yeah. you know, it's risky. And especially those personality types that you, you know, the rehearsed vulnerables. Are they going to snatch your vulnerability? Are they going to use it as a bit of a bargaining tool? Yeah. Are they going to bring it up at the next meeting? Do they have some collateral against you? And then we start to well try to navigate those their dance rather than hey this is my dance and this is who I am and you know it's that's the sort of fear of all is yeah if I do this what is the consequence and you know those people were talking about I was teaching on that this week with a group and I was recalling when I was first a consultant I used to have the very dominant powerful archetypal leader up at my training center Mm. for some coaching and um, they used to do like 24 hour stuff they'd come up dinner two hours in the snug and then maybe six hours the next day in the library like it was hardcore and usually just after lunch it would be a walk and we chatted for the first time maybe in their adult life they would look at me and there was a special look they had and I knew what they were thinking they were thinking if I jump will this guy catch me yeah and because I was inexperienced, I would use all my counseling and therapeutic tools to engineer the jump and say, yeah, you must. And, and here's your yeah. chance. And they would. I'd catch them and never see them again. Yeah, they were lovely. They would leave. They might even give me a hug. You know, they were like so grateful. They'd shared something. But walking back or driving back to the airport or flying back to London, they'd be thinking, I must get that guy out of my business because he has knowledge and he has information, and I'm not sure what he's going to do with it, simply because vulnerability is such an anathema to a lot of that dominant style leadership. I struggled with that, because especially my personality type of, of wanting the connection, and, the, and then to have someone be so open and so vulnerable and so incredibly honest and raw, to have the hug or whatever it might be, and then to never to be spoken to again. Originally, I was like, what did I do? Mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it's, you see it happen time and time again. Do you know what I noticed though? I noticed that I get a lot of their second generation leaders. Yeah. You know, yeah. so now that we're 15 years on, uh, you should go and see Jim McNeese. You should go and chat. Now that they know that I haven't shared any of their stuff with anyone, because I've forgotten. <laughs> it's, it's the reality. The fact is, it's kind of like, yeah, that just sounds like the human condition to me, you know. Just, <laughs> yeah, keep your trousers, yeah, keep your trousers on next time. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's like, it's all right. It's like, I don't care. But I get their second generation folks who come saying, well, such and such speaks really highly about you. And I'm like, oh, tell them I said hi. Um, and then I work with them and, and it, it's an interesting 
way that that works. Is that that whole, you know, it's, it's, this all leads into trust. You know, Lindsay, when you talk about vulnerability-based trust, but it's to trust yourself to go with a dance that works for you. Because it's not, I think Brittany Brown says, it's not just let it go. <laughs> not just like tell everybody everything. It's about demonstrating and, and giving as much of yourself as you want to. But it's not, it's not necessarily sequential, you know, in, in terms of, mm. it's like, I... When we have the trust, I will be vulnerable. It's actually being vulnerable leads to trust. Yes. And it gives you yeah. that opportunity and people trust you. You know, this person trusts you 15 years later. They say, go and see Jim, go and have a conversation with him. Um, you know, that it builds the trust. And so it's about trusting in yourself and also to trust in the humanity of others as well. Do you know what I love, though, about what you just said? was this idea of um, you don't have to give it all away, share what you want to share. Because if we can get into that mindset of beginning to trust ourselves, because a lot of people who have something that's shameful and difficult, they just snap it shut and say, I won't even look there. Mm -hmm. But to actually just have the self-possession to open the box and say, this is the thing that you've shut off. This is the thing you've said is a no-go area. Consider who you're with and consider, is there actually a secret part of me wants to share some of this? And to actually have this, just that human courage to just stand in that liminal space between leaving behind the slammed door shut and not quite moving into tipping it all out, but to stand in that space to say, what could I share? And what would I want to share? And what would be fulfilling to share? To trust yourself with that conversation. And you can still shut the door door again, but at least you've stood in the liminal space for a little while to say, can I be a bit vulnerable with this bit? And would I actually quite like to? Is there a really young part of me that would love a hug, that would love to crawl back up onto my parents' knee, that would like that human innocent connection again? And um, and offer that. I've just heard in the future for people listening into this podcast going, oh, I'd love a hug. <laughs> I, I would love a hug and I would yeah. love that that solace of, of being with our parents. And I think there there is that we have seen the rawness um, from people. And, you know, I often think when Richard Wilkins says this about presentation he says, do you want to impress or do you want to connect? And we've all seen those like really slick presentations, like boom, boom, boom. And we all remember the ones where someone broke down or we remember the ones where someone was like, oh my God, I've got no idea what I was going to say. Or <laughs> just are just human. Yeah. And, and that, that is the thing that, that really, you know, it, it, we're going to remember the leaders that say, said at the start, I have no clue how to homeschool and run this team <laughs> we're going to remember them we're going to remember the people that that created a space for us that allowed us to step up and to say actually do you know what i i do know that i i can do that and that's why we've seen i think we've seen such emergent leadership coming through of, of going hey mm-hmm. I've, I've got this i've got yeah. this I can, I can give us a hand with that yeah i agree and i remember 
just thinking of examples of this, like I, I've seen plenty of the rehearsed vulnerability folks, but there was this one guy in massive, one of the biggest companies in the world, and he looked after one of the biggest bits of it. And um, his team knew about him going to ask this lawyer out. They knew about it when he was going to propose. They knew about it when he got married and his insecurities about it. They knew how he felt about his divorce. And they knew it raw and, and in time as these things were happening. And he had learned the art of vulnerability like no one had seen. He was a shy man. He was quite quiet, but he was just so honest. And he didn't have any of that spiky kind of um, metallic boundary that would shut down. It was like if somebody asked, oh, have you seen such and such again? He'd say, yeah, I'm seeing her tonight. And I was going to pop the question. Then it would go around the rest of his team. And then I'll say, oh, we're so nervous for you. How are you? And he was just adored and trusted. Mm -hmm. Now, his abilities were amazing. He went right up through that organization to the very, very senior level. Um, you know, it didn't take anything away from that, but he brought people with him and he very quickly engaged. And I also watched him navigate his way through very tricky conversations uh, with people about remuneration and, and like big money that was taking place with large projects. And um, and actually achieving things that nobody else had had done before because he could stand in that space of responsiveness to the reality of the moment rather than carrying and being weighed down by too many of his own stories and defences. He was ready. Nice. It was wonderful nice. to watch. It just, um, you know, sometimes like I'd feel like I was watching a car crash with him. You know, it's like one of those things where you, you know you shouldn't look, but you know, you just, <laughs> that kind of morbid curiosity. Oh my goodness, as good as say it. And he would, he, he would, he would just, just say it. And I was like, you know, that just went public. And, and um, he was completely unaffected by it because it was the truth. Wow. What strength. What strength there is in the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not standing on your own strength anymore if you're actually speaking about the truth of who you are. Nobody can make you wrong for who you really are. No. No. And, you know, this year, as you know, as we record in 2020, there's been less distractions and there's been, you know, we can't all go to, we can't all go shopping and we can't all go to the pub and we can't all go for a restaurant. And we can't all go to the movies. Um, but perhaps that's allowed us to be more honest. Perhaps that's allowed us to be more vulnerable and to be standing in our truth and to be more of ourselves because those distractions are all gone. It's like, and that, you know, we've spoken about it in, in many of the other podcasts and it's mildly terrifying. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's given a whole host of self-awareness. And if we can use that, have that self-awareness, you know, shadow, inner child, all of that, whatever labels we want to go, but if we can know our wounds... Yeah. And that's the that's the first step in, in knowing them, acknowledging them, and embracing them. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling them in. <laughs> because I mean, if you're not found it, because I, I know that there are times where and I've certainly had that space, but where you just feel like actually this isn't a day for being vulnerable. I'm too vulnerable for it. Oh yeah. It, like you've turned yourself inside out. Yeah, yeah. This is a day for just like physical recuperation. 
you know, this is a day for warmth and, and kindness and, and um, lack of intervention. And then there's other days where you wake up and you feel bold and you think this would be a day to explore. This is a day to sit with myself and ask myself some tough questions about what's really going on and what's the reality of you and, um, and, and what does he want? You know, and um, I think one of the things about vulnerability is I'm not sure it has to be a character trait either. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. I think it can be a choice of state, yeah. a choice of reality. And, and I think maybe one of the most vulnerable things that you can say right now is, do you know, I really just don't want to share. I don't want to have that conversation. Is that okay? And the strength that's in that vulnerability is amazing. And, and I think I'm more aware of myself doing that. It's, this, this may just be for anyone who's listening in the UK, but there is a cartoon called Batfink, and it was, my wings are like a shield of steel. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm noticing my, my, my shields of steel going up, and whereas before I would just completely shut down. And actually now there's more elegance in going, do you know what, stuff's going on, but... I don't want to talk about it just now or uh-huh. just just tell me just I'm not watching it but tell me what's happening in Strictly <laughs> <laughs> I could I could, <laughs> I could tell you if it's, yeah, like that yeah that um woman off the soap operas is being robbed she's an amazing dancer but suddenly they just don't like her I think she's too robust or too resilient for them can't just Maisie 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 yeah. she's brilliant she's absolutely Young, brilliant strong girl and, huh Ah, just too strong, I think, to get votes. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. a thing. Oh. If she's a bit more vulnerable, if she was breaking mm. down, if she wasn't as good, you know, like, would there be a different connection to her? Interesting. Oh, well, we stumbled across listening. that one. Yeah, Maisie, we're for you. Maisie, you are amazing and a brilliant dancer. Um, you deserve it. And also we know that you're as vulnerable as everybody else underneath. People are just making a judgment call. There we go, the that got chest. And that, that <laughs> might, it might help. A big swollen ankle in the next session. If <laughs> we could do the Paso Doble on crutches. <laughs> that, even that might She'd be She'd win it. She'd win it. She'd win it. <laughs> You're just <laughs> clenching it, Maisie. I mean, just seriously, we'll invoice you. Um, <laughs> I think that's, that's the thing, <laughs> is that, if you have that self-awareness, if you know your woundedness, if you know when you put up your wings of steel, um, but that gives you, you know, that gives you trust with your team. That's not that sequential nature. And then you are working from a solid base. You know, you've got, if you're in a team, if you've got that trust, I'm working with a team just now where I don't, I mean, the trust isn't even like, Six point font. You All know, right. it's You're just not, trying oh. to suspend cannibalism rather than actually build a team at the moment. Genuinely, <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, <laughs> it's just let me spell a word out to you. Give us a T. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and because of that, there is yes, there's conflict, but not in a. Do you know what, Jim? I don't agree with you, conflict. I'm uh, thinking from this perspective. There's not that I know you, you know me, you know my hot buttons, you know my cold buttons. And so therefore we have, you know, conflict is required in teams, not, not conflict like they have. Um, but the, then we have commitment, then we have accountability, then we're celebrating successes, then we're a high-performing team. And, and so I think that that sort of element of, 
you know, creating the psychological safety. We create yeah. psychological safety when we're more of ourselves, when we yeah. are, we turn people on, when we say, I have no idea what I'm doing. I, when it's a genuine experience. I think that's, if there was a kind of order that I'd say it'd be, it would be starting there, which is what is your shadow? Do you know it? Have you done enough work on yourself when you felt strong? So you know a lot about yourself. The second bit would be, do you have the strength to actually admit your defences? Mm. That would be like before you start admitting your fallibilities and your little peccadillos, can you actually begin with, these are my genuine defences. This is what I do. And then you can then start to say, okay, well, which of those defences are quite mature? And I really want them to be, to be you know, mature defences are okay. That's psychological health. Now then, with whom and in what moments do I choose to draw them down? Because actually I would like connection and I would like whatever you're carrying to speak into this situation. You know, it's like, that's kind of how you move towards that vulnerability thing, I think, in a way that is, if you're looking procedurally, if you're looking for what would be the first steps with this, it would definitely be start with just at least admitting to yourself what some of that shadow and some of that internal, you know, those, those real dark spots are. Um, be clear with yourself, then admit your defenses and then choose to whom you want to reveal yourself when and in what moments. I think that allows for a level of vulnerability to be there without collapse. Yeah. As you say, vulnerability is a state. I love that. You know, just thinking of that as a notion rather than a, hmm, let me use my skill of vulnerability today, is being human is vulnerable. Aye. Being, it's been real. Being in a relationship with any other human being, holy magnetodle, that's yeah. vulnerable. That's vulnerability. Yeah. You know, to be able to say, hey, this, this is me, and I'd really love you to be all right with that. Um, and, you know, you're probably not going to be in some days, but that that's vulnerable. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's been able to speak that out. And I guess we saw that, like, that's partly a lot of the work we do on training programs. Mm -hmm. You know, when we take people away and they're dealing with the... Um, the difficulties of 2020 or when they're dealing with the increasing complexity before lockdown, getting them to admit the rackets or relational difficulties or where they don't have closure or the missing conversations or what their ego type is or their even their passion underneath. It's like, that's where you create the space. That's how you do that. This is the time to start being vulnerable, almost like that second stage of vulnerability, admit your defenses. You know, the, the, the one where you're, you're, you're sharing your picket, that's, that, that's confession. But before that, there's just being honest about actually that we're all defensive and some of those I'm going to hold on to. And, um, and here's a way of doing that. Here's what you start to see on programs that allow that to happen. And we're so privileged, you know, as coaches, we see people that are most vulnerable, they're most open. Um, and for some people, that's really easy the fairies mm. that dance in that space. And, and for some people, we have to reassure them countless times that it's okay. But, you know, it is, if we, there's, we could look at vulnerability through a dualism. I've seen politics this year. <laughs> um, oh <my. laughs> the, we're going there. And um, mm -hmm. the sort of power stances, you know, I'll make it all great again, because I've got the answers type leadership. Um, 
I mean, that that has caused certainty for for people. You know, there has been actual certainty caused for some people. Some people call BS on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And and so it's created a dualism or, or a chasm. Yeah. We've seen that, and and so uh, that's where. But also, I guess, do you know what was really interesting though? Is I saw Trump. There's the name mentioned. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I saw him, like up until now, I guess I'd been struggling with him as a an icon, as an an mm-hmm. archetype, as a as a force, mm-hmm. and um, and I guess weighing up what he was doing that was about keeping his promises and what he was doing that was about, you know, creating lack of empathy for the real need in some cases. And 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 so my feelings were all projected onto him as that thing. And then he's lost the election and um, I saw him pardoning the turkey at Thanksgiving. And he just looked like a different man. And he was quite humorous when he did it. And he went along with the whole process of it and I was looking at him thinking, you've lost the election mm-hmm. and your heart's a bit broken by that because you're a power broker and and you need that power. And, and where else is there for you to go now? The, the number one slot in the world is being taken from you. So what now? How do you diminish? And I suddenly saw a human being in front of me for the first time. Yeah. And I thought, I don't have to have you as an archetypal, powerful, dangerous whatever force in the world anymore, I can see that human being that did the best he could with what he had and, um, and you know, highly successful in, in what he did achieve in terms of getting to that role and, and, and doing those things. And there was something in his vulnerability that made that specter of what he used to represent no longer there for me. And I could start to see a human again and I could start to think, yeah, I could connect. I could connect. You see, he's he's holding he's he's holding himself in a different way. There's a uh-huh. collapse nature to it, but actually, that collapse nature no, gives you that insight that of the humanity. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, is anything that you would read about from Brené Brown in terms of vulnerability is is that whole you know universe saying I'm going to paraphrase, but I gave you gifts, I gave you opportunity. You're amazing. You're an incredible human being. Um, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn, you know, to put your armor down, take away your bat think wings of steel, um, and you're going to have to show up. And as humans and as leaders and as followers, we're going to have to show up and we're going to have to be brave and we're going to have to take some risks. And the way in which we can do that is that we support one another and we support each other in putting down the armor and stepping aside from it. And, and if we can do something vulnerable and someone looks at us and says, thank you, thanks for being yeah. brave, then that's a huge difference. And I think if we could all do that, that would go a long way. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in that casket. Safe, dark, motionless, airless. It will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, 
irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. C.S. Lewis